0: All right, um, we talked about the cause of arguments, and I'm, I want to move now into the cue, all right? The cue, what, what, what was the cause? I gave you, if you have your handout, I've given you that. I, I gave you the cause, and I told you that, what did I tell you? Tell me what I tell you first before I tell you what I told you. Woo! Conflict of what? Now, does everybody understand that? What does that mean? Tell me what that looks like in your life. The conflict of desire. Tell me about that. All right? Getting what you want. What else? Come on, conflict of desire. Come on. Your values are different. Okay. All right. Uh, and, and sometimes also your expectations. Because sometimes expectations can cause, oh Lord, I'm in my message. Uh, expectations can cause you to have a conflict with somebody else. And as believers, we have to learn. Now, here's what I want to say, say to you, Okay. Uh, there are a lot of people who, who get angry or they get into arguments and then they pack up their uh, their, their, their bag and their ball. They, they take their ball and they go home. That's not, how, that's not healthy. You know, it's not healthy when you say, you know what, I'm just going to shut up. And sometimes you need to shut up. I mean, be quiet. <laughs> so that way it won't lead to something else. But you have to learn how then to go back. You follow what I'm saying? So this is just people skills, y'all, right? But James tells us something. He says it's our desires, right? Our desire for what? Possession. Our desire for what? Power. I'm sorry, pleasure. And our desire for what? Pride. And what? Power go back to James chapter four and let's pray and we'll begin. Father, we thank you for your word today. Forgive us of our sins. Clear our minds and hearts. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit right now, God. And Lord, I pray that you would be the preacher today, God. Touch your hearts of your people now, Lord, and touch those that are on their way. In Jesus' name. Amen. And thank God. All right. So, James chapter 4, we're back there. James says, uh, we're going to pick up at verse uh, well verses two and three tells us why our desires are not being, why aren't our desires being fulfilled? And, and he says, what? You ask and what? And what happened? Now, have you ever have you ever wondered about that? Like, you know, now look at the context, okay? What's the context? Okay, when I say context, I'm talking about what happened before. He says, what is the source of what? Quarrels and what? And arguments, right? What is the source of quarrels and conflicts? And last week, I told you that there's a war going on. Right, that there's, it's really a war because there were three words used in this in this verse in that one verse that tells us that really sometimes the things that we're going through it's a war, right? It, it goes from zero to three hundred in three seconds. Right now, watch this. But here's what I want you to always understand about whenever you read scripture. Okay, always go back to the beginning. To the, the immediate or the big idea or the context of the book, right? So go to James chapter one. Now I want, we're going back here. I want to show you something. Right now, watch this. He says, "What is the source of quarrels and, and what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you?" Right. But when you go back to James chapter one, it says what? James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter what? So it's in the context, chapter 4, of what? No, I'm talking about chapter 4. It is in the context of what? trials, y'all, trials, okay? It, the, the conflicts and the quarrels is in the context of what? Tri- Come on, let's say it together, trials. Now, why did I say that? Because what I'm teaching you on Tuesday night is that when you read a whole book of the Bible, remember, there were no chapters or verses, so you have to grab the, 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 the big idea or the context of in order to grab the big idea of what the writer is trying to say in each chapter. Come on, say amen. So he says, you have to understand that when you get into a a quarrel or fight, look at the what? Context. And it's in the context of trials because sometimes we're taking out our mess on somebody else, come on somebody, because of the trials that we have been through all week long. Come on, say amen. Amen. But he helps us with something. Because if you go down to verse 5, and you compare it to chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, It's in the same context of prayer. Now, this is seminary on Sunday, so I'm kind of going deep with you, okay? Watch the text. Somebody read that for me. But if any one of you lack what? Now, remember, context. Tell your neighbor context. Tell your neighbor last week, pastor taught us about word study. This week, I'm teaching you about what? context right last week we looked at word study right we looked at how the word conflict means really what war but now I want to show you how to tie the context into the verse where we are now so he says but if any of you lacks wisdom let him what now that word ask means the very same thing as prayer correct look what he says ask of who Why would we ask God? Why why, why should we ask God? First of all, you got to believe that there is a God. Hello, somebody. And your belief about God, amen, dictates the outcome and the answer. Do I have witness? I'm not just believing in God and say he's all right. Y'all with me? But but I know that there's a God, the supreme being. Amen. The creator of the universe. Amen. The, the, the El Yon. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Amen. The fortress. The God of all comfort. The God of all grace. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to show you something here. Because oftentimes when we're in a conflict, have you ever been in a conflict or in a quarrel and you feel like there's never going to be an end? That this situation, the only way to deal with it is to just get out of it? But the God of all peace. See, oftentimes, let me help you with this. Oftentimes when we pray, our belief about God <laughs> is not what it should be. See? you with me? He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of who? God. Watch this now. He says, who gives to all men what? And without what? And it will be given to him. See that? Look what he says. But let him ask what? So this is what I call the prerequisites for prayer. You got with me? The prerequisites for prayer, number one is you got to believe in God. You got to believe that there is a God. Number two, you got to believe that Whenever you ask God, he's going to give you what? Generously without what? In other words, God don't have a problem giving you what you want. Do I have anybody? But there's a way to ask. I'm getting getting to chapter 4, but watch this. Because it's it's still in the context of trials. Now let me help somebody with something. Watch this. You you remember the last trial you were in? When you prayed, right, (laughs) did you doubt it was going to (laughs) happen? Come on, let's be truthful, right? See, and and, and we wonder why y'all ain't tried to come. Listen, and we wonder why we're not getting an answer because when we ask, look at verse 6 in the context of Trials. Do you know that it's when you're in a trial is when you're probably going to get into an argument with somebody? Do you know that Satan is a strategist? Do you not know that he waits till the pressure is on and then he brings something else? Come on, somebody. Or somebody else to try to magnify what you're going through. Amen. You live long enough, you're going to learn some of this stuff. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Look what he says. He says, and let him ask in faith without what? Now, what would cause you to doubt? Now, why did James says when you ask, right, ask without what? Doubting. Be- why do you think he asked that question? Well, why do you think he made that Why would we doubt? Hmm? Take context. Keep it in context. So So what's the context? All right. So what causes me to doubt when I'm down, it's because of what I'm going through. Because I've magnified my trials rather than magnified my Lord. Come on, say amen. Every time, y'all, I know how this looks because I've done it time after time after time. Listen, we will never think the good case scenario. But we will call on a God that we believe that can fix it. I'm angry because of my trial. That's really what the problem is, right? And now he tells me to pray, but I can't pray. And then I'm sorry, I do pray. And when I do pray, I what? Look what he says. You, you see, let me say this: Whenever you read a passage of scripture or verse, you have to understand what the writer is really trying to get over get over to us, right? And, and it makes a lot of sense that that what I see what I see in verse uh, in, in what I see in verse five is theology. You know what? Do you know what? Do you know what James was doing? Go back to verse five. Do you know what James was trying to help us with? He gave us a short theological study. He took us into theology one on one. And he gave us a clue as to the nature of God. Tell your neighbor Pastor had his juice this morning. Look what, look <laughs> look what it says. Let if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of who. And he tells us something about God. So the God what? For God so. That he what? His what? Would you say that was generous? Let me ask you a question. Have have you seen how generous God is? So he gives us a theology about God because in your trial, you need to see God clearly. See, here's the thing. Here's what I always say. Look at the person that vexes you as God's tool for developing you. Hear what I said? Look at the person who's vexing you as God's tool for what? developing you. But when I look at my trial and why I'm arguing, I can't get along with my wife. I can't get along with my boss. I can't. I have to understand what I know about God. See, our idea of God has to move from just a man that sits up there with a long beard and he shoots, you know, Lightning bolts. (laughs) You, You follow what I'm saying? I mean, how, can I ask you something? What is the God? How does the God that you imagine look like? How does he look? And oftentimes, because we haven't seen God, the writers would begin to describe God for us. He says, God is what? Generous. But also, God is what? God will generously give without what? What does that mean? wonder what that means. Y'all want to find out what it means? No? Y'all ready to close up? What verse was that? Five, right? He says he gives without reproach. Let's see. That word reproach in the Greek has the idea of insult or insulting. Abusive words. Amen. I wonder how you use that. He gives without what? Have, have, you, have you ever had somebody do something for you and then they make you feel bad about what they did for you? Huh? Yep. I did this for you. I did, because I asked you for help. And now, later on, you want to come back and you want to talk about all you done did it for me. Isn't that something? That's pretty deep, ain't it? But not so with who? Who wouldn't serve a God like him? But in my trial, my view of God cannot change. Why do you think some of us don't have what we really need right now? No, our view of God. You're not, your view of God is so little. It's so distorted. Come on, help me y'all. And you're like, you got to get involved and do something. See what I'm saying? You got to get ahead of this thing and do something about the situation. But you can't do nothing about the situation if you really know the God of the Bible. Are y'all with me? Watch the text. Verse 6. And I'm getting back to chapter 4. He says, but let him ask in faith. Without what? Without what kind of doubting? doubting. Uh Uh-huh. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and what? You know what I call that? I call that vacillating. Yeah, vacillating. In other words, you can't make up your mind. (laughs) You can't make a decision. Because you like the, remember, look at, the, now, now what is James doing now? So James now is painting a picture in the minds of his readers. And you know what they're thinking about? They're thinking about going to the beach. Has everybody, has any of you ever been to the beach before? Huh? Nobody? Who's never been to the beach? Everybody's been to the beach, right? So what happens when the waves come in? See the see the picture? He's like, one minute you high. One minute you coming in, right? But from the time you hit the shore, you, that's what a doubter looks like. A doubter gives you the idea that they got it, but they don't. You got to be careful who you put your life, whose hands you put your life in, because it may be a doubter. Oh, Lord. Watch this. You're praying. And he says right here, he says, verse 7, he says... um, And and, and let me go back to the sea surf thing, right? He says, now you're driven and tossed back and forth. One minute you got faith, next minute you don't. Because you doubt so much. Many of us deal with that doubting piece. Watch this. Look at verse, look at verse seven. For let not that man, Anthropos, man or woman, what? Ought not to what? Now, hold on a second. Verse 5 says you should expect. Correct? But verse 6 says, verse 7 says, this person, Ought not to expect that he will receive what? Hold on a second. So there's two sides to God. Oh, no, no, no. There's one side to God, there's two sides to us. Because God never changes. A lot of us are not getting what we want because simply because, not because you don't deserve it, you should have it, because you just don't. If you don't see it, you ain't going to believe it. So you know what you do? Go back to chapter four now. Come on, come on, say amen. Tell your neighbor context. Now watch this now. All right, look at verse two. I, I'm just, 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 indulge me for a minute. He says what? Hold on a minute. You're not praying because you don't have. Now you're, now in the trial, you're so caught up in not getting that you become so hardened. I was going to say discouraged, but no. You've become stubborn. Come on. You've become, amen, to the point where you're like, no, nah, uh-uh, I ain't, man, please. So you know what you do? You become a very difficult person. And you can't get along with nobody. Dissatisfied, disgruntled, and doubting because of what you're going through. I know people who make people's lives hell because of what they're going through. You know anybody like that? Huh? I wish I had a mirror. Because some of us do that now. Amen. Come on. Okay, so there's three responses when I'm preaching. Ouch. Amen. Or thank you. (laughs) <laughs> All right? Look what he says. He says, you lust and do not have, so you commit murder and you are what? Envious and cannot obtain. So what do you do? You cause a fight, you quarrel. You do not have because you do not what? Now he goes back to the asking. Now we already know from chapter one how to ask. How do we ask? One thing. With faith, that's right, without what? And we have to have what? An expectation that God gonna do it for us, okay? But you have, not only must have an expectation, but you gotta examine, write it down. That's two E's right there. But you have to examine your motives. Look what he goes on to say. He says, you ask, And you do, I'm sorry, you do not have because you do not ask. Can you imagine that a lot of what you could have had, you could have had a long time ago? (laughs) But I asked God, pastor, okay, but did you believe? You say, yes, I believe. But my question now becomes, what's your motive? Because look at the next verse. What's the next verse say? Because you ask what? But what? Okay, so what's a wrong motive? So So can you imagine that arguments is all geared around what? Selfishness, y'all. I want you to see it my way, so bad that we're going to raise our voice and we're going to get all bent out of shape and we're going to get all upset and we're going to sleep on the other side of the house. And come on, man, come on, y'all. I'm going to leave the church by, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, (laughs) seriously, I can't get what I want. But here's the thing. You're wanting something from somebody who possibly is as selfish. is You're trying to squeeze it out of them. They're like, man, shoot, I want the same thing. So now we have a conflict of wills. Ain't that something? I deal with this all the time in counseling. I really do. I deal with this a lot in counseling. A lot of couples that come to me for counseling, we fix their problem the first session. First session. Problem solved. But you know what the problem is? When they leave. (laughs) Because what they don't do Is they don't know now how to die to self. Look what he says. You ask and do not receive because you ask with the what? With the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your what? Pleasures. Right? Now I want to show you something real quick. Let's do this right here. I said I was going to talk about what the cue is, right? So what is the cue? Hmm? Know what the cue is? Write it down in your handout. Know what the cue is? A lot of us lack this humility. Humility. I'm not talking about false modesty. You know what false modesty looks like? Hello, pastor. Nice to meet you. God bless you. I'll carry your bag. That's acting. But if you understand humility, you can look into Jesus and you can see a picture of humility. The Bible says even though he was God, he never walked around with giving accolades that he was God. But he, he did what? No, he, um, come on, yeah. He humbled himself. Watch this now. You ready? You ready for this? I want to show you how to overcome these arguments. He humbled himself to the point of what? And death on a what? So you ready? You got to die to self. A lot of you got a hard time with that. It's all about you. Humility. Humility doesn't mean you're soft. Jesus wasn't soft. He wasn't like, Jesus was stern, man. Have y'all ever read the, the, the gospels? Jesus would call a man a fool in a minute. You dog. You probably, seriously, he would call you. I think my daughter just went through a a class at at college. She's like, daddy, Jesus was funny. He was, he was deep, man, but he was, he was so, he was so humble, but he was, I think the picture of humility that we, we don't really, may not have a real picture of humility. but we know what pride looks like. But could it be that that argument that you're going through all the time, it's about you not dying to yourself? It's you wanting something so bad. Amen. Look at verse six. Chapter four, what do you say there? Uh oh. He gives what a greater grace, grace, and I'm stop right here because I got three. He says he gives a greater grace. Go ahead. Therefore. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I told you that. <laughs> You know what Jesus is doing right here? You know what, I'm sorry, you know what Peter is doing? I'm sorry, James is doing right here? I got them all. Peter, James, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You know, you know what he's doing here? I want to show you something, I want to help you with something today. You ready? He was quoting Scripture. He was quoting Scripture. He was quoting Isaiah 57. Is that what he was doing? He he was quoting Isaiah 57. Let me tell you, watch this. Let me help you with something. Your help can be found in the word. I'm starting a new uh, devotion this week. Fasting and and all that. I do that a lot, you know. I can can only do that. I can only do this if I fast and pray. I I lose my mind if I didn't do it. But you know what my fasting and prayer is is about? Lord, point out in me anything that offends you. He already gave me three. Watch this. Are you willing to have some face time with God so that you can see who you really are and we can stop all this pretending so God can pinpoint what's your real problem? He says he gives greater grace. Watch what he says. He says he gives greater grace. God is opposed to the what? Hey, how can I ask Him for something? But I got pride on the inside of me. Take this pride, Lord. Nobody can tell you nothing. Because you think you know everything. Every time I say something, you got an answer for me. So I can't pass to you. Come on. And you know what the Bible says about pride? Next week we'll cover pride. How about that? Y'all want to do that? Huh? What does the Bible say about pride? You all know the scripture. Pride comes before and look at everything that you were doing with pride. How did it, how did it end up? And if you don't change that in your marriage, you ain't gonna be married long. Amen.